to In Him with Pastor Dan Wormuth of Joplin Family Worship Center, located on East 7th Street in Joplin, where they are passionate about sharing the freedom and forgiveness found in Jesus Christ. Now, here's Pastor Dan with this week's edition of In Him. On your way to Matthew's Gospel, I'm going to ask that you would go with me to Zechariah chapter 9. It's Zechariah's going to be Old Testament, if you don't mind. We'll go to Zechariah first. And then we're going to go to Matthew's Gospel 21. So encouraging just to hear from you throughout the course of the week and what God's doing for you and in your lives. I'm grateful for that. We continue to pray for some of our Church family members, we continue to lift up Deborah Richardson, Dr. Deborah, and we continue to lift up Carlos Rivera and uh, praying for God's complete and total wholeness and healing in their bodies. And we're also praying for one of our members who had a fire. And so we're looking at how God wants to work in that capacity for her and for her family and their their home burnt down. And so we're looking for resources in our community that we can partner with together for her and just, you know, walking that out together. Life continues to happen in the midst of the pandemic. You've never walked this way before, but our great-grandparents did and our grandparents did. And they, they walked through these difficulties. And so um, we just learn how to walk by faith. Amen. Amen. If, uh, Zechariah chapter 9. Looking at Zechariah chapter 9, we're going to look at verse 9. This is where we'll begin. This word is a word that the people, during the moments of Jesus' life on the planet, they fully would have known this passage of Scripture. Certainly the Pharisees and the Sadducees and all the priests and the Levites would have known it. And most any of the men who had gone to um, school to learn in order to have a bar mitzvah for them to grow and learn in the Word of God, they would have known this. The reason is because it was a verse that was a promise to every one of them. That there would be a day that they would live in freedom from any oppression that would be in the land. And I can tell you it's one of the promise verses. It was a prophetic promise verse to the Jews they were looking for because the Romans had occupied the land. And the oppression was, well, it was hard. So this is one of those verses. It says this, Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout aloud. O daughter of Jerusalem, behold, your king comes to you, and he is uncompromisingly, just as having salvation, triumphant and victorious, patient, meek, lowly, riding on a donkey, upon a colt of a foal of a donkey. Those words are important words for us to start today. Here it begins. Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout aloud, you daughters of Jerusalem. For your king, the word king would indicate that someone who has taken full authority, your king is come to you, and he is uncompromisingly just. He's just. There's justice in his hand. And having salvation, he has triumphed over the enemy, and victorious, he is not just a wounded warrior. He is the king who has won the battle. Patient, meek, 
lowly and riding on a donkey, upon the colt of the foal of a donkey. Let's go to Matthew's gospel now, chapter 21. We're going to look at these verses here and we're going to just see what um, God would say to us in this moment as it, as it relates to the moment that Jesus is now coming to present himself in Jerusalem. I'd like to give you just a little bit of background maybe that will help you. Whenever a king goes out to war, he rides a horse. Whenever a ruler or an emperor or a leader goes out into battle, he always rides a horse. In every passage of scripture that you and I would ever read, you will see that when there's a battle going on, when there's a war, the king or the leader is going out with a horse. A horse that's been trained to be able to wage war, go into battle, and not be afraid. A horse that will move quickly into even when the enemy is all around and still move forward. These horses are bred for warfare. They're bred to stand and keep standing and to fight and to knock over people in front of them while the king is in the midst of his conquering, in the midst of his bringing victory. So the ruler goes out to warfare with a horse. But here in Zechariah and also in Matthew's gospel, we see that the king, the ruler, is now riding not a, a horse for warfare. Although he is, in this passage of scripture, the one who has already won, he is triumphant, he is victorious. But he's coming in, even now, the picture for us is to see that he's not coming back into the town or into Jerusalem on a horse to wage war. But he's coming on a donkey. The donkey the foal of a donkey, a colt of a donkey. That means an animal that has not even been broken yet. So here comes the victorious king, but he comes in the, in the state of mind or being of meek and lowly and uh, of peace orientation. When a king had fought his battles and engaged in warfare out and about wherever he was, when he would come back, not the Romans, but you will see in scripture, kings would come back and they would not be riding on a horse. They would ride on a donkey coming back into Jerusalem. The reason is what they were saying is, it is well. The battle is won. It's over. I'm not coming back to town to wage war on you. I'm coming back to town. I'm coming back to you, the people, and I'm coming on this this animal, this donkey, that, in fact, in this passage of scripture, the colt of a donkey, I'm coming to you in peace. Jesus already knew for which he had been sent to the earth, and that was to win the war over sin, to reclaim his father's children, sons and daughters who'd been orphaned from him, drawn near to him throughout the ages through the different capacities by which they could bring an offering and there would be appeasement for judgment. But Jesus was coming to win a battle and not on a horse. He was coming to win a battle at the cross and he would come on a donkey. So let's look at that for just a moment in Matthew's gospel. Can we begin reading perhaps um, 
I have a couple of translations that I really like it from, so I'm just going to open them up. From the Passion Translation, it says this. Now as they were approaching Jerusalem, they arrived at the place of the stables near the Mount of Olives. Pastor Cindy and I were there. We saw that place at the top of the Mount of Olives as we overlooked the city of Jerusalem. And it says that Jesus sent two of his disciples ahead saying, as soon as you enter into the village, you will find a donkey tethered along with her colt, her young colt. Untie them both and bring them to me. And if anyone stops you and asks, what are you doing? Just tell them, the Lord of all, the Lord of all has needs of them. And he will let them, he will let you take them. And all of this happened to be fulfilling the prophecy. All of this was done in order to fulfill the prophecy of Zechariah. Tell Zion's daughter, look, your king arrives. So the prophecy in Zechariah is, this is what it will look like when he comes. This is how it will appear. He will come on the colt of a donkey. Not just a donkey, uh, not just a, 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 an animal of meek and lowly, but on the colt of a donkey. So the sign of your king's arrival is this passage from Zechariah. And the scripture here in Matthew says, tell Zion's daughter, look, your king arrives. He's coming to you full of gentleness, sitting on a donkey, riding on a donkey's colt. So the two disciples went on ahead and they did as Jesus had instructed them and they brought the donkey and her colt with them and they placed their cloaks and their prayer shawls on the colt and Jesus rode on it. He rode on top of the garments on top of the colt of a donkey. And then an exceptionally large crowd um, gathered and they begin to carpet the road before him with their cloaks and their prayer shawls. And others were cutting down branches from the trees to spread in the path. That's what they would do for a conquering king as he comes back. They would cut down the branches of the palm trees. They would wave them. And what were the words? Hosanna. Hosanna in the highest. Hosanna. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And so they were waving their branches and they were laying them down. And this is what it says. Um, Jesus rode in the center of the procession and the crowds going before him and the crowds coming behind him. And they all shouted, bring the victory. This is another rendering of the translation. Bring the victory. Aren't you glad for that? Doesn't that sound good? It's, it's the sign of the king coming back with a victory. And they're saying, bring the victory, son of David. So they're identifying him as a descendant of King David, son of David. He comes with the blessings of being sent from the Lord Yahweh. We celebrate with praises to God in the highest. This is an elaborate declaration. This is an amazing shouting. This is Jesus on his way into Jerusalem, and I want to tell you why in a moment. So as Jesus entered Jerusalem, the people went wild with excitement, and the entire city was thrown into an uproar, and some were asking, who is this man? And the crowd shouted back, this is Jesus. He is the prophet from Nazareth of Galilee. And upon entering Jerusalem, Jesus went directly to the temple area. He drove away all the merchants who were buying and selling their goods. He overturned the tables of the money changers and the stands of those who were selling doves. And he said to them, my dwelling place 
will be known as a house of prayer, but you've made it a hangout for thieves. Then the blind and the crippled, they came to him in the temple courts, and Jesus healed them all. City's in an uproar. He's just overturned all these tables. You know, people are kind of interesting to observe. I'm a watcher. I like to look and watch people and their behaviors and connecting the circumstances, the environment, the atmosphere, what's going on in the moment. People were watching Jesus. The city's in an uproar because there's all this shouting, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. This is the son of David. And the first thing he does is clean house. How come that when he cleaned house, it didn't spook the people? There's a reason. I want us to think about that. That when God comes to clean house, it doesn't scare everybody. When Jesus comes to clean house, it doesn't scare. It settles See, these money changers were gouging the people. What should have been an equal or even exchange, they were charging them far more for the temple coinage that is supposed to be used. And kickbacks were going to the priests. They were selling substandard animals for sacrifices. They were literally taking over the whole court of the Gentiles, where the court of the Gentiles is where Gentiles were supposed to come and worship. Also the area in the region where the women were allowed to come and worship. And now they've set it up as a marketplace and merchandising. So all the merchandising has now taken up the place of where people were allowed to come and worship. Because the system was set up that Gentiles were out here, women could come a little closer, and then the Jewish men could come in the rest of the way. They're gouging them, they're selling substandard sacrifices for worship, and they've taken up the area. They're excluding people from having an encounter with God. And Jesus is not having it. So he cleans house. That's why the people were not afraid of him. They knew that what he was doing was right. He was giving access to the house of the Lord for everyone. And in that moment, the Bible says that the blind and the crippled and the lame come to him. So his behavior didn't scare them. It settled the issue. This man has a zeal for the house of the Lord. They just called him the prophet from Nazareth of Galilee. I want to point something out to you about that in a moment. So, as he heals them all, here the blind and crippled are healed, and all of these children are circling around him, and they're dancing, and they're singing, and they're saying blessings and praises to the son of David. And at some point, the priests, if they've had enough, and the Bible says, when the chief priests and the religious scholars heard the children shouting and saw all the wonderful miracles that they couldn't perform, you know, when you are supposed to be large and in charge, Charles, and you're unable to uh, perform any miracles, you get mad at everybody else. The power of this moment is just the glory of the Lord bringing the miraculous and setting people free will always bring a rebuff. It'll always bring a, a hand up from people who claim to be the authority and the power, but they got no power. 
So I'm going to ask you today just to remember that, that if that ever happens in you, it rises up in you, you get mad because someone else is operating in the glory of the Lord, check yourself from the, from the neck up and from the heart down. Just see what's going on here. Where's the disconnect between my heart and my mind and what I know is the truth and what should be working in my heart. And so uh, they, they really, they call out to him and they say, hey, don't you hear what these children are saying? This is not right. In other words, they're saying it's not right that they call you son of David and they worship you and they sing praises. And Jesus said, yes, I hear them. <laughs> but have you never read the words? Listen, if you don't understand the scripture, sometimes you just miss it. Jesus just cut them real sharp because these priests have memorized the first five books of the Bible and these scholars here probably read have already memorized the rest of the, the known books of the Old Testament. Uh, so the Old Testament, they should know these words. Indeed, they know the words. So when Jesus says, yes, I hear them, but have you never read the words? In other words, he's saying, are you slacking in your own education? It is amazing how Jesus will just bring to bear the interesting components of where we stand. He said, have you not read the words? You have fashioned the lips of children and little ones to compose your praises. I like the way that translation reads it. You have fashioned uh, the lips of children and little ones to compose your praises. More read it here in this other translation. Jesus said to them, yes, have you never read this? Out of the mouths of little ones, yea, even infants, you have perfected praise. Perfect praise. So when I look at the scripture and I see the power of God's word as it relates to Jesus' coming in on Palm Sunday, how is that important for me and you today? I want to take a couple moments to just kind of break that out, if you will allow me to do so. A couple points. Number one. Point number one. The lamb is coming to be examined. This passage of scripture is dealing with Jesus coming now into Jerusalem. He's coming for a reason and a purpose. We know that he is the Lamb of God. John said, Behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world as Jesus was arriving at the Jordan to be baptized. So we've already had an announcement from the one who was called to be the announcer. John the Baptist, is, it says, Jesus speaks of John the Baptist and says, he's the greatest prophet ever born of a woman. The greatest prophet was John the Baptist. And John the Baptist is a biological cousin to him on his mother's side. And John the Baptist is declaring, behold the Lamb of God. He announces him as he arrives. And Jesus steps up and John says, what am I to do with you? What, what do you want from me? What, what can I... How, I just made the declaration, but what else? And Jesus said, I need to be baptized. He said, no, I'm, you baptize me. I'm not even worthy to untie your shoes. Jesus said, you got to fulfill the word of God, John. We have to fulfill the word. So John is privileged with baptizing the Messiah, the Lamb. He baptizes him, and the heavens open, and God speaks and says, This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. It's a declaration in that moment. It is powerful how John in that moment has 
the opportunity to hear and all the rest of them around about to hear the voice of the Lord as it speaks. And the Bible says that the Holy Spirit came down upon Jesus, landed on him, kind of lighted upon him like a dove. A dove is easily startled and would move. The Holy Spirit came down upon him in such a beautiful, gracious way and remained on him. Remained on him. Now Jesus, three years later, is at the point of coming for examination. So this is the examination period I want to ask you to give consideration to. The lamb in Exodus, uh, Moses told the children of Israel, you're going to be delivered. There is a final test that's coming. It's a final plague. It's a final judgment on Egypt. So take you a lamb from the flock. And if you don't have a big household, join with another household. And you're going to take the lamb and you're going to kill it. You're going to watch the lamb for 14 days and examine it to make sure it's not substandard or sick or broken. It's got to be a perfect lamb. Then you're going to take the lamb and you're going to sacrifice it. You're going to take the blood and you're going to take hyssop. And that hyssop you're going to use to strike the blood upon the doorpost of your house at the top and at the two sides. It is a beautiful picture of a triangle that's there upon the doorpost of their homes. And then he told them, take the lamb in and you will prepare it for a meal. And you'll eat this lamb. And any part that's left over after you have ate it, you will burn with fire. That is a prophetic picture of the judgment that Jesus, the Lamb of God, will be consumed. We, we will be able to receive of him. He will become life for us as the bread of heaven, as the Lamb of God. He becomes our sacrifice. He is the one who's going to pay the price for us. So he's coming for examination. The Lamb has come to be examined. While he's arriving, he's declared as son of David, which is one of the utterances that had to be made. He's a perfect lamb. It couldn't be a Gentile lamb. He couldn't be just any lamb. He had to be the lamb, the lamb of God. And that's what's being declared by the people. Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. He's being examined. They're looking at him. Oh, he's a prophet from Nazareth. They missed it on that part. Yes, he was a prophet. And yes, he was from Nazareth, but he was more than just a man. He's the Lamb of God who has come to take away the sins of the world. So there is a part revelation that they have, but not the full revelation. So we know he is the one who comes and brings the word of the Lord. We know that he is the son of David who has come in this examination period. And he's manifesting his power and authority over blindness God wants you to no longer have spiritual blindness. And he wants you to no longer have spiritual deafness. And he does not want you to be lame in your faith walk. It's a good word. What he wants for us is this lamb, according to Exodus, that the, the head and the organs of the inside of the lamb and the meat were to be eaten. And then the legs, the leg of lamb was to be eaten. In that, in, in that night, they were to roast it and they were to eat it. And so the Lord wanted to bring wholeness for you, your mind, your heart, and your walk. Your mind, 
your heart and your walk. For us to have the right mind, the mind of Christ, for us to have the heart, a heart that's filled with the very person and, and personhood of God, that our heart would be transformed. And then also our walk, that we would walk out our faith. So the Lamb of God has now come into Jerusalem and he is showing his power and authority over all of those sicknesses and diseases. And he is setting them free. And then he has another encounter here. And there's this wonderful noise and singing and going on. The children are rejoicing. You know, children know when you're hateful. It's just something about it. Kids, kids got a discerner. They can discern things. And they're singing and dancing around the Lamb of God who's come. They're examining him. They see the goodness. They see he's made a place for people who had no place made for them for worship. They see that he has thrown out the money changers. This is freedom. This is liberty. This is an examination. Then he tells the Pharisees, the high priests. And then the Bible says immediately he leaves and he goes out and goes back to, to the Mount of Olives and he goes back and stays with his friend Lazarus and his, Lazarus's two sisters. And then he comes back again the next day. In these days, these are the days of examination that you find in Scripture. Palm Sunday is about Jesus presenting himself for examination. I want you to see that with me. He's the son of David. He's totally, uh, completely, and for sure identified as the one who can make provision. That's part number two. The Lamb of God is coming to be examined. Number two, the son of David. And remember, whenever the son of David lives on the inside of your heart, it will completely and totally unnerve a pharisaical spirit. Sometimes we call it a religious spirit. When on the inside of you resides the son of David, which is praise, which is worship. He who is meek and lowly and patient and king and conqueror and victor. You, don't, you can't have part and not the other. If you want him to be the victor and the conquering king in your life, he must also be the lowly, meek prince lamb. You must remember that the donkey at this time, the donkey is the picture of him coming with Something in his hand, in his heart. It's, it's our redemption. Whenever you have the son of David on the inside, it will unnerve a religious spirit. It gets unnerved. Your freedom. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Hosanna in the highest, son of David. People who are free to worship, it totally unnerves a religious spirit. They, want, they, they prefer a, a form of godliness, but deny the power thereof. Of God's plan. Number three, people sometimes still don't get it. They want Jesus to be the prophet from Nazareth, but they really don't want him to be the Lamb of God from heaven. So, point number three in this passage is Jesus has to be more than just what someone said. He's a good man from Nazareth, he's a prophet. He tells the things of God. He does, he's not just the man who can hear the secrets of God, Yahweh. He is the expression. Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. What he was indicating is that I am a reflection of my Father. I am here to do only what he wants done. I am on assignment from him. I'm surrendered to him. And that's what he wanted from, 
from that's what the Father needed for him to be. That's what he wanted to be for the Father, and that's what the Holy Spirit wants to do in us, is to be a reflection of our Heavenly Father and to be a reflection of his Son, Jesus, the Messiah, that in the earth we would be a reflection of that. So in, in number three, I just want to ask you to make sure that you don't miss it and just relate to him as a prophet, as a good man. Thank you for listening to In Him with Pastor Dan Wormuth of Joplin Family Worship Center. Listen to this broadcast again at KNEO.org. You can also download a podcast version of today's message by searching KNEO on iTunes. Joplin Family Worship Center is located on East 7th Street in Joplin and has ministries for all ages. They invite you to join them this week for Sunday morning worship at 10 a.m. and Wednesday evening service at 7 p.m. Find out more at jfwc.org or facebook.com slash Joplin Family Worship Center. Follow Pastor Dan on Twitter at Daniel H. Wormuth. Thank you for listening. And remember, in Him, you are free. If you live within the broadcast area of KNEO Radio, we have a podcast just for you. The KNEO Community Connection keeps your finger on the pulse of what's coming up in the four-state area, telling you about upcoming events you don't want to miss, organizations in our communities doing great work, and conversations with the dynamic citizens who are behind it all. There's a lot going on around you that you don't want to miss. This is Luke Taylor. Join me each week as we talk about what's happening with the people who are making it happen. Brought to you by KNEO Radio 91.7 FM and the Sky High Podcast Network. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts.